Welcome in. What's up, everybody? It's the Bill Michael Show. Happy Friday. Ugh. Fun NFL draft last night. I'm Ben Kenny, hanging out with you from 10 to 2. No bill today. 877-867-1670. That is how you join the show. We are reacting to what was. First round of the NFL draft last night. I'm not sure if it's going to be a, a festive Friday as if everybody is thrilled with what went down last night with the Packers. Lucas Van Ness being the pick at number 13, the defensive edge rusher, defensive lineman from Iowa. It leaves them now two second-round picks, 42 and 45 today. We will get into what the second round will look like and where the Packers should go. Third-round pick as well coming up tonight. So three selections, and I, I've heard a lot of criticism. I guess it's criticism. I, I've heard pushback on the Lucas Van Ness pick. Because people wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba. And and I get it. I get it. You want weapons. You want to help Jordan Love. You want to give him as many tools to succeed as possible so that us as a fan base and the Packers organization, more importantly, can learn what Jordan Love is. And, and I totally understand the part. Um, I look at the pick. And this is where we're going to start. We'll, we'll take your reaction throughout the day to the selection, to the draft as a whole. A lot, of, a lot of interesting storylines. Some big fallers. I thought there were a couple teams that absolutely knocked it out of the park, but we'll touch on that later. Got Mike Clemens joining uh, towards the end of the show. But we're on last night, Bill Michaels Draft Show, the podcast. You can find that up now wherever you find podcasts. And the pick comes in. Packers select defensive lineman Lucas Van Ness, six foot five from Iowa, 272 pounds. He was a sophomore last year. 13 sacks in his last two years, 19 tackles for loss. A lot of production, a lot of snaps. Did he start? No, but that's how Iowa runs things. And I don't use that as a knock against him. He was on the field almost as much as everybody else, and he produced pretty much more than everybody else in that Iowa room. A lot of the reaction last night, and I can't say I'm surprised, it's the Green Bay Packers. It's the first round. You have a quarterback that needs weapons. You have a wide receiver room that we all agree is not where you want it to be entering the season. A lot of the reaction last night is that the Packers need to take in Jigba. Love needs a weapon. And as soon as they took Van Ness, there was more pushback than I would imagine. A lot more. And part of it, obviously, is that there was one selection last night and the entire draft. Goody didn't make eight picks, right? We don't know what the entire draft is. We're on for four hours today reacting to one pick. We're reacting to the pick that sets the tone for the rest of the draft. And I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. Going up to that pick, number 13, I I would have loved either. I tweeted out a couple picks before it, 15 minutes before it. The Packers were in prime position to get either Jackson Smith and Jigba or Lucas Van Ness. They take Van Ness, who, if you listen to me on this show, if you've listened to myself and Grant fill in for Bill, I've loved him since the draft process started. Not only for the player he could be, which is hard to predict, and it's an inexact science. If, if I was that good at predicting how great players would be, I would not be working in sports talk radio. But from what, I w- from what I've watched, from how he fits on the team, I, I absolutely love it. It's a Packers team that has a weak defensive line if we want to start there. Everyone says the Packers need a weapon, and they do. They need multiple. They need tight ends today. They need wide receiver. They need to bolster the offense around love. 
But as I said a couple of weeks ago on this show, I don't know if there's a more important need on this team, a, a position of more need than defensive line, than the trenches. You look at the defense last year. Where did they struggle? The Eagles, almost 400 rushing yards, just gashed them. They couldn't tackle, but they also could not stop any piece of the run. They were among the worst, fourth worst in the NFL in defending against the run. Not only that, but they lose a bunch of defensive line guys in the offseason. They lose Jerron Reed. They lose Dean Lowry. And you have Rashawn Gary, obviously, coming back from a torn ACL. You don't know what he's going to bring. Devontae Wyatt in his second year, you don't know what he's going to bring. It's a position that's shallow. It's a position that isn't not only deep with players, it's not deep with much talent. So addressing this need first and foremost is awesome. But you don't really want to be just drafting for need in the first round. You want to get the guy that can have the biggest impact on your team for the long run. It's a cliche, but you want the best player available. And if people want to argue that Jackson Smith and Jigba was, I, I get it. He could be a really good player. It's not as if he doesn't have, have any questions. He ends up falling to 20, and, and the Seahawks take him. But uh, the way that Lucas Van Ness can, can fit with this defense, I, I love it. I, I think Goody knocked it out of the park. The measurables are great. He's 21 years old. He's going to be turning 22 soon. The comparison to Rashawn Gary is going to be made a lot as we enter training camp and enter the season because he's raw coming out of college with every single physical trait you could ever imagine from a guy at that position. And then you hope he, he rounds into form and, and learns as he goes through the NFL, learns pass rushing moves, learns how to be a pro, but taking a project here, taking a guy that, you know, you can count on to contribute on day one. Like he's coming from Iowa. If you think of the Iowa defense, what comes to mind? It's they're disciplined. They're tough. They're great at defending the run. They're good at all the classic things that you want a, a football team, a defense to be good at. I would argue they're he is good and, and they, Iowa, are good at a lot of the things that Joe Barry defenses are have been quite bad at. Tackling, defending the run, uh, coverage, things of that nature. So he, he comes from a culture that I think it's easy to rely on as positive for his future. He could play inside and out. Like he's a plug-and-play guy and fills a terrific need. And hopefully, a long-term outlook becomes a really significant piece of the defense across from Rashawn Gary. 877-867-1670. So I love the pick. It's it, it's a There were different directions they could go, which is the nature of being at number 13 in the draft. But I think it's great that they didn't feel beholden to go one of those directions. They didn't feel beholden to go tight end. And we'll get to that later. Only one tight end goes off the board. They weren't pressed to, to take a wide receiver because they know that they can get some today. They wanted to get the best guy on the board. And they move up to 13, also worth mentioning. And the minute that they take Lucas Van Ness, the Patriots trade down, which could tell you, and I think it does, that if the Packers don't take him at 13, he's a New England Patriot. And there's a, a lot of cliches to be had about Patriot defenders and just always finding a guy that turns into a really long-term great player, the Packers could have sniped this guy from him. So I love how it turned out for Brian Gutekinds. 877-867-1670. We take your reaction on the pick. I'm not sure exactly what the statewide reaction is going to be. I've been on Twitter uh, well, posting videos of Lucas Van Ness blocking punts, which, uh, I mean, 
if you want to talk about another area he can contribute, that's it. There's a lot of talk on Twitter from the people that cover the Packers closely that they they get the pick. Like everyone understands the pick. Everyone understands the benefits of it, right? It's just a question of, okay, I wanted this guy more. But if the argument of why you wanted that guy more is that you wanted a wide receiver and you needed a wide receiver in the first round, inherently you're just saying that you wanted them to draft for need in the first round instead of the guy that they thought is better. Uh, and again, Lucas Van Ness could become an amazing player. There's obviously a chance that he doesn't, but the process of this I, I think works very, very well. 877-867-1670. So we'll take your reaction uh, throughout the day today to the Packers' first-round pick. They take Lucas Van Ness. There's a Twitter question that was just posted up at Ben Z. Kenny. Packer fans, are, are you either happy with Lucas Van Ness or angry that Green Bay passed on Jackson Smith and Jigba? Because, again, that, that feels like the other guy. So far, uh, 71% say happy with Lucas Van Ness, which is a lot more than I thought. It's very early in the voting. 29% where we stand right now say that they're angry the Packers passed on JSN, which I understand, but that's the beauty of, of what day two is going to bring. The Packers, again, have pick number 42, which is number 11 in the, in the second round. They have picked number 45, which is number 14 in the second round. That is just tailor-made. You have tight ends that fell. The board worked out perfectly. That's where you go get a tight end. That's probably where you go get a wide receiver, too. I, I, I don't want to just come on air and say, look, the Packers didn't take a wide receiver because they don't. I'm a big believer that, uh, okay, teams have certain organizational philosophies, but just because they normally don't or just because they haven't in the past doesn't mean they, they won't in the future or shouldn't. If, if you told me Jackson Smith and Jigba was Jamar Chase automatically, okay, then they, they passed on an incredible player. And you can make an argument that he's better than any edge rusher there. So I'm not just going to say that the Packers don't do this because that's what the organization does. But I, for lack of a better term, that is always where they've, they've leaned towards. Haven't taken a wide receiver in the first round in like 20 years. They get a lot of them in the second round, a lot of them in the third round. And, I mean, it's worth mentioning that a lot of the guys they get, whether it's Christian Watson and Dobbs last year, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, MVS, Greg Jennings, a lot of the dudes they end up finding, whether it's Gudekinst, whether it's Ted Thompson or front offices before that, they end up finding some pretty darn good receivers. So I, I would urge everyone not to, not to overreact, not to don't fret. There will be weapons. The weapons are on the way for the Packers. Uh, but Lucas Van Ness is the first round pick. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We'll take your reaction all day. Let's start it off on the phones. Line one. You're on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got? Hey, Ben. It's Tim from Madison. Hey, what's up, Tim? How are you? Hey, good. I'm not upset with the draft pick. Uh, I think what it sends is they don't have twelve anymore to fall back on when bad draft picks happen. And Goody and Lafleur are on the are on the clock themselves. They got two years until Murphy's forced retire, and they're going to hire a new guy. And if this is two years of non-playoffs and drafting high, that's where the problem is. I think the arrogance of always trying to find someone in the second, third, fourth round, I think as myself as a Packer fan, that's what upsets me over his last seven years. The only offensive player they took is Love, and there's a need. So I, I think... 
this kid from Iowa. I think it's a good fit. It's just the pass and the arrogance of, hey, we can find someone in the second and third round. So these guys are on the clock right now. Right. Here's, here's I guess, what I would ask is if, if the Packers aren't a wide receiver away, say, from contending for a Super Bowl, which I don't think they are, I think everybody agrees they're not, then if, if that is the biggest need, I still don't think that's enough to automatically take the guy in the first round. Like, that shouldn't be the only reason. The, the question is, who's a better player? Which, which that's what time is going to tell, right? I'm not going to be able to say today whether Lucas Van Ness or Jackson Smith and Jigba has a better career. Right, and I think it's just the history of what Goody's done. Like Goody, I think what might possibly bring both of them down is keeping their defensive coordinator. Well, yeah, that's, um, well, that's another big part of the show today. Brian Gudikin spoke after the pick and talked about how much talent he has put in, let alone free agency, let alone other guys, uh, and appreciate the phone call, 877-867-1670. Brian Gudikin spoke after the draft, and you'll hear from him probably at 11 o'clock later on today. And he said he's poured a lot of talent, a lot of first-round picks, 11 of the last 12 first-round picks the Packers have made have been on the defensive side, and a lot recently, including two last year with Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. And he's he's putting Joe Barry on the clock. That's a big takeaway from last night, of many. Joe Barry's on the clock. He's on notice if he wasn't already before. And if Joe Barry's on notice, inherently Matt LaFleur has to be too, if Matt LaFleur's the guy that, that kept him around. But I, I think that is a great discussion as we go throughout the rest of this offseason. The actions of the front office speak loudly. And if that is one of your actions to say, okay, we're bolstering the defense even further. We're getting you another guy. We're actually helping a defensive line that absolutely stunk last year. Then you as a coordinator have to deliver. And that's a message I think Goody sent uh, with the pick of Van Ness last night. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line two, you're on the Bill Michael show. Who do we got? Line two. Hello. All right, let's try line one. You're on the Bill Michaels Show. Hi there, this is Todd in Green Bay. How are you doing? Todd, how are you, man? Good. Um, I'm good, I'm good. I, I have to say I was a little shocked, but I wasn't shocked. Um, you know, you go back to the 78 years, you pick defense every first round, I, I believe, seven out of eight years. And Yeah, 11 uh, out of so 12. Didn't surprise me. 11 out of 12, there you go, and from Goody. But the, the big thing is, and, and I understand Iowa, how they run their team and, and that so much, um, but you took a non-starter, although he played starter snaps. But the, the main thing is, how do you not um, put the necessary people around? I call him a rookie quarterback. I know he's in his fourth sure. year, but let's, let's call it what it is. I mean, he, you have no tight end on that roster. And I know tight end is not a popular pick, especially that high in the draft. But you could have traded back a little bit, got another pick, and still got that tight end. I mean, there is that part of it people forget, too. You Kincaid went, what, to Buffalo? Yeah, 24, I, I believe. But but here's the thing. I would, I, think. I, I would put out there that three of the top four tight ends are still on the board. Oh, only one of them left. And the Packers are towards the top of the second round. If anything, I think Gudikins read the board correctly. Whether it was luck, he just took Van Ness and then it happened to be that no tight ends went, or he had some sense that he would be able to get a premier guy in the second round. If anything, I think that can work. 
That's not that that is true. However, all the wide receivers went. And and that that from that uh I always feel like you can get a stopgap at defensive line. You know, somewhere somehow you can find one. They found Jerron Reed and he wasn't he wasn't perfect, but he wasn't awful either. I mean the defensive line as a whole with Jerron Reed and and with some injuries, but with him and, and Dean Lowry, like, like they were really bad last year. I, I don't think we fully comprehend how the Packers lost, whether it's the Jets, they got beat up front, the Eagles crushed them up front. Right. Some of those games, like they just got dominated. Right. So and I don't know where those injuries happened during the year or whatnot, but um, I totally understand that. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like, and for Joe Barry to be on the clock, he should have been on the clock three years ago. Well, right. Well, yeah, so he should have been, been on the clock since he's been here. He should have been on the clock the second he arrived. I'm with you. So are you? Are you, you're in the Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba camp? Is this vote number two? I, I'm going to keep a tally today. I, I I think it should have been a wide receiver or trade down for a tight end, something like that. And and because I, I was a fan of Jordan Addison out at USC. I mean, he he would be a nice slot guy also. Right. But right. I would have went with Nigba. I got you. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I, I mean, listen, again, two first-round picks today. I, I think if we had this show after the second and third round as well, and let's say they take a tight end and take a wide receiver, then I think the tone is probably a lot different. It's just the fact that they had one pick last night, and they used it on defense, which, I uh, okay, we don't like the defensive coordinator. We all agree on that. But still, it's undeniable that the talent on the field last year was not good enough. We thought it would be good enough. And whether it's injuries, whether it's the coordinator, whether guys just regressed along that defense, like the defense was not good enough. Uh, And for this team to win, for them to play a ball control style with Jordan Love not having to put up 40 to 45 points a game, you need help there. And that's what I think Van Ness brings. In terms of him not being a starter, I need to throw this out, but before we hit break and get back to the phones, 877-867-1670. In terms of him not being a starter, it's like in basketball. If you have a guy that comes off the bench, let's say in some weird world, and I hate to bring up the Bucs because of what happened this week, but let's say in some weird world, Giannis comes off the bench for the Bucs, and he doesn't start the game. He's not out there for the first two minutes, but he ends up playing 45 minutes and leads the team in minutes then it doesn't matter if he starts or not. This is the case with Van Ness. Now, Iowa does a lot of things poorly and weird. They are an oddly run football program. And that's a whole nother story, specifically on offense. But on defense, they start their seniors. They start guys that are upperclassmen. And the underclassmen, like Van Ness, he was a sophomore, usually usually play a lot of snaps if they're that good, but they don't start. So the the starting or not starting thing, I, I don't use that as a knock against him. There are some knocks. Like, if he was a perfect player, he would have been a top-five pick if you look at the measurables and the athleticism. He's, he's somewhat raw. He's young. He's still learning. So it's not as if this is a slam dunk. He's going to be Rashawn Gary, J.J. Watt. But there's a lot of potential there, and he can help you on day one. So I love this selection. We're getting your thoughts on it. 877-867-1670. We'll check in on the Twitter question when we come back. We will get back to the phones And I want to talk about how the draft board fell and how I think Brian Gutekunst managed and uh, he didn't do maneuvering after picking at 13, but I think it fell somewhat perfectly 
for the Packers and Gudikins. We'll get to that next. It's the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. All right, we're back. Bill Michael's show. Ben Kenny hanging out with you. No Bill today. He is back on Monday to react to the entire NFL draft. Got rounds two and three tonight. The rest of them coming up tomorrow. Uh, Friday night, by the way. Uh, so we were on air last night for the first round. It's it's drawn out if you watch it on TV. First pick isn't made until 25 minutes in. I've I've always been a bigger fan of the second and third rounds. It's a much better TV product, at least in my for me, in my opinion. You sit back. You finally get to the point where they're playing the ESPN highlight music. Mel Kuyper's yelling about something over the highlights. And then you see another pick on the bottom ticker. Like, it moves fast. And you still kind of know the, the kids that are getting drafted. For the Packers, I, I mean, I think I, I'm looking forward more to tonight, frankly, than I was last night. I think they got a terrific player in Lucas Van Ness at 13 last night. But looking forward to tonight with three picks, two of them right next to each other early in the second round, mid to early, with all their needs still there. And this is what I wanted to touch on today. I think there is a skill in general managers reading the draft board. Now, sometimes it's luck. Like, we've all played fantasy football or something along those lines. And, yeah, you have to draft the good players. But let's say you have a player you love at a certain spot and you have another guy you love, maybe more, and you think you'll fall to the next round, the great managers are able to know and sense when that guy would actually fall or when maybe it's time to go just grab him and make sure that you add him to your team. Now, last night could have just been complete luck from Brian Gutekunst. But one of the concerns in not taking Jackson Smith and Jigba, for instance, or a tight end, is that you would get to the second round and they're all gone. Or, or you get to where your picks are and you've kind of hamstrung yourself because maybe a lot of the guys at the position you took the guy at, which is edge or defensive line, a lot of those guys are available. And that didn't happen. It fell perfectly for Brian Gutekunst and for the Packers last night because as you go through the, sec- the end of the first round, into the second, number one, Dalton Kincaid is the only tight end selected. And it, yeah, I would have liked him as a Packer. He's a great receiver from what I've read. But with apparently it's an amazing tight end class. And if it's that good, obviously, why did one guy go early? But what's the difference between Dalton Kincaid and the guys you're getting in the second round? Which the Packers, I can almost guarantee, will have a shot to get one of the other top guys. Whether it's Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, Sam Laporta, uh, Musgrave, the kid from Oregon State. So one tight end goes, you have the entire tight end board outlined perfectly for you. That's a weapon for love. That's a weapon for the offense. You have some wide receivers that fell that many like in the second round, whether it's Jalen Hyatt, Speedster from Tennessee. You have Josh Downs, who's a slot guy from North Carolina, and uh, Mingo from Ole Miss. But the biggest thing for me is I I was concerned when they took Van Ness, and I love the pick, I was concerned that a lot of the edge guys would fall to their pick in the second round, where you could have just had one of them and then whoever else, which would have been Smith and Jigbud 13. But instead... Uzoma, the kid from Kansas State, goes at the end of the first round. He goes to the Chiefs. Nolan Smith goes to the Eagles at at 30, which was an absolute travesty that the Eagles were able to get 
Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter without moving up that much in the draft coming off of going to the Super Bowl. Uh, and then Miles Murphy from Clemson. A bunch of the guys that people talked about with the Packers all went at the end of the first at the same position, which means Goody probably did something right understanding that this is the opportunity to take a defensive lineman to start what became somewhat of a run with Will McDonald then as well going to the Jets. Uh, also funny that even the Jets aren't getting Aaron Rodgers' weapons in the draft. But it just it, it fell perfectly. It, it fell perfectly. The positions are going to outline well. They have the 11th and the 14th pick coming up tonight in the second round. Wide receivers are there. Tight ends are there. Like, all the weapons are there. So if the reason that you don't like the pick is that you want it, you need them to get wide receivers and weapons for Jordan Love, the opportunity is still right in front of Brian Gudikins. It's still on the board. And, and yeah, uh, first-round talent might be different from second rounds, but if Jackson Smith and Jig was so freaking good, why did he fall to 20? Why, why weren't there other wide receiver needy teams that were jumping all over him? I think I know the answer to that. Probably has to do with his hamstring and the fact he barely played last year. But why, if, if he fell that far or if he's that good, if the wide receiver class, which by all accounts isn't very good, why did it take until the 20s for the guys to go? Something to ponder. 877-867-1670. We'll get back to the phones here in a second. Twitter question up at Benzie Kenny. Packer fans, are you happy with Lucas Van Ness or angry that the Packers did not take Jackson Smith and Jigba, the more sexy pick at 13? 72% happy with Lucas Van Ness, 28% angry where we stand. I, I think in the moment, many people were unhappy because you always want Roger Goodell to say the name that you're thinking of which I can assure everybody that Jackson Smith and Jigba was a primary name, I'm sure, at the top of everybody's minds. But I think as time goes on and people read into Van Ness and see what he brings, I think they're coming around on it, which is the right thing, at least I would say. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Our buddy Gerard is in Delaware. Gerard. Hey, Ben. Uh, I like the pick. I, um, he has a high motor. He seems to be dedicated. And look, in reality, you High have motor. to go by your board. Gerard, by the way, yeah. I want to see how many draft cliches we could throw out on the show today. That's the first. High motor. <laughs> no, he does, because I'm going to tell Loves you why. Football. Because who's he, who's he <laughs> compared to? Who's he compared to? Gary. Right. And what did Gary do? Now, Gary, when he was at Michigan, they used to put him over the tight end. So you really didn't know how good Gary was going to be. Okay. I'll tell you so what, guy, I might, I might like, like Rashawn Gary had all the athletic traits coming out of Michigan, but as a, mm -hmm. as a pure football player watching them in college and I watched both of their entire careers, I liked Lucas right. Van Ness more in college. That doesn't mean everything, but I think he's further along than Gary was when Gary was picked. Well, he could be, I don't know the maturity level either. I don't know if that, that, you know, equates into this. I just read that Pittsburgh, who has the top pick of the second round, they're shopping it. I just read that. But I don't know if the Packers would need to move up. Because if you look at the tight end class that's left, it looks like you could throw all their names and just pull one out, and they, they're all very similar. Oh, it's the whole you know, class. The, except for Kincaid. Yeah, right, yeah, except for Kincaid. So so as far as the the receiver class and everything, I don't know if they're going to move up. I don't know if they're going to stay where they are. But I'd like to know not who you think they should pick, 
but who's going to be there for them to pick, in your opinion? In other words, if you do the second-round draft board, mm. who do you think is going to be there with the 11th and the 14th pick in the sec- in, uh, second round that, they, that, they, that is going to be there for them to pick? You see, because, uh, you know, that's the important thing. Who's going to be there and who? I don't know if I want that uh, safety uh, branch they're talking about. He's kind of small. I don't know if I want him. I, You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know really who they're going to pick. I have no idea right now because you, you never know what Goody's going to do. But, again, when it comes down to your pick in the first round, you got to take the big defensive player if he falls to you over a slot receiver. You can't look. I like the kid from Ohio State. He reminds me of John Jefferson. But you can't do that. You have to take the defensive player, Ben. It's uh, especially when he falls to you like that. And then one more question: In Goody's press conference, did anybody ask him if he tried to move up in the draft? Did anybody ask him that? I have the cuts in front of me and. I don't see a question directly about it. I would love, yeah, you see, that would have been one of the questions I would ask him. You know, they never ask the, seem to ask the questions you really want to know. I would have, that would have been my first question. Did you try to move up to get a certain player? That's what I would have said to him. You know what I mean? Did yeah, you, he was asked about to... 13 and uh, what he, was Van Ness the player? Actually, I think it's a good question. Was he the player that he had in mind when he demanded the 13 and 15 swap in the Rodgers trade? And he said that there were a bunch of guys on the board. But Brian Gudikins loves to trade up in the top 100. So I think we could see a trade up in the second round, could even see a trade up in the third round if there's a guy he likes. He's obviously gone up in the first a bit, but last year's a big example, I think, of, of what he likes to do. If it's in the second, he sees a dude that fell. It's like, okay, let's go get him. One more question, uh, Ben. What do you think of the guy Hyatt from Tennessee, the receiver? Do you think he's scantling or what do you think? He's fast. It's tough. The Tennessee offense is very weird to project because they just, they stack receivers and then just out leverage defenses to the boundary with crazy fast guys. So it's hard to tell, okay, how is he going to work in an NFL system? But Hyatt's crazy fast. And a lot of um, – here's the thing. I'm not, a, I'm not a talent evaluator. I have my opinions. Right. But a lot of the right. guys that I follow and that I trust do like him a lot. Um, who, what receiver, if you have the opportunity of the receivers that are left, who would you pick? I think it's Hyatt for me. He could okay. play in the slot. He could play outside. He's fast. He, like, if, if Christian Watson takes a top off, like, imagine if Christian Watson gets more polished as a route runner, and then you have another burner on the outside. I, I think it works well. So you well. would move up, you, you think you would have to move up from the 11th pick to get him then? Maybe. I, it's so hard to project, uh, and, and appreciate it, Gerard. Thank you, as always. It's, it's hard to project, and this draft was so weird last night. There were... There were picks made that even the people that are the most plugged in in the NFL didn't foresee and couldn't understand. Not to mention you have big trades, obviously Texans going up to get Will Anderson. You have Will Levis falling all the way down. Devin Witherspoon going five to Seattle. A lot of people at Jalen Carter in that spot. Falcons took Bijan Robinson at eight. It's, it's a weird draft. It was a tough draft to project. Uh, we're going to talk about the Lions later, by the way. I... I what in the world is Dan Campbell doing? Jameer Gibbs, a running back at 12, then an inside linebacker at 18 was an odd strategy. But it's so tough to say who's going to be available. 
I think what I'll confidently say is that of the tight ends of Darnell Washington, Michael Mayer, and Musgrave, even Sam Laporta, I can almost guarantee that two of them will be available at 11 or 14 in the second round. So the Packers are set up well. Again, they they have needs. They have a lot of high picks. They have a lot of opportunities to address those needs. 877-867-1670, real quick. Let's go back to the phones. Line two, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Hello. Yeah. Um, hey, what's going on? Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for what's going on. Um, yeah, so regarding the pick, I, I like the I like the pick. Um, you know, I don't I don't bother him. I like it. I think he's got a lot of upside. I guess the I would uh, prefer to take uh, JSN just because I think that Love needs needs weapons obviously to be successful. And even Aaron Rodgers couldn't be successful last year with the with the weapons we had. And I feel like they picked the defensive player, which is you know a, a safe pick, but. Um, I feel like they're more trying to trying to give uh, Joe Barry weapons to you know help save his job versus trying to get weapons for the the offense to get uh, get you know love some confidence and some some uh, weapons to throw to. Right. Well, it gives Joe Barry no excuses. Not that he had any going into the year anyway. Here's the question I'll ask, and this is what I'll pose to those that needed the Packers to take a wide receiver for weapons for love. If the Packers come away from the second round with a tight end and a wide receiver, do you feel completely better about it? Is it only the fact yeah, that they haven't picked yeah. them yet? Uh, yeah, I think so. I guess that's my other point. Is that I think if they come out of this day and they get a, they get a good tight end and a good wide receiver, then then I think everything will you know will be okay. But uh, they, I think they need to definitely address the weapons today. Oh, I agree. A hundred percent. And appreciate the phone call. 877-867-1670. They, they need weapons. I, I'm not arguing that. I, I would not, I would agree with that 100%. I've just always said like, this is a perfect opportunity to get them this second round with two picks, not to mention that Brian Gutekinds and the Packers have, have always done a good job getting weapons in the second round. But the whole point of doing the Rogers trade before the draft for me was to get that extra second round pick and enter a a round in the draft this year, which is pretty heavy on weapons in that area, in that area of the big board of the guys that'll be available. That was the whole point to me of, of doing the Rogers trade when they did it in addition to, to some other things. So they executed that and now they're in position to, to take weapons. So I, I guess for those that disagree with the pick and here's what I'll pose before we hit break and get back to the conversation for those that disagree with the pick, the, the three criticisms of the Lucas Van Ness selection that I just cannot get behind that I do not agree with are that he wasn't a starter at Iowa. I think that's crap. He, he was tops in the team close to the top in snap count. Iowa doesn't start underclassmen. I don't agree with that criticism. The criticism that the D line doesn't need it or the D line is good. I would point back to the statistics of last year where the D-line was terrible, honestly. Part of its injury, but part of that injury is going to persist into the season, likely, with Rashawn Gary. Uh, th- this D-line needs more help than almost any position on the team. And, and it's, I mean, one of the more important positions on the team in general, next to quarterback and tackle, defensive line. And it sucked last year. I, and then, the, like, the fact that they needed to take a wide receiver. I... I don't think the Packers needed to do anything last night. They needed to come away with the best player or an impact player, a really good player. And I think they did that. If they took JSN, I'd be on here being pretty, I'd be pretty excited about the pick. 
But then I would look at defensive line in the second round and say, they need to go get those guys too. So that's kind of the nature. It's the nature of when one selection is made and you wait for an entire day to see another three. That's where we are. 877-867-1670. Taking your reaction to the first round of the NFL draft. Packers take Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. We'll get back to the conversation when we come back. Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, if you guys didn't think I had extensive Lucas Van Ness highlights from his time at Iowa, you'd be sorely mistaken. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny in for Bill today, reacting to last night. Packers take Lucas Van Ness with their first round selection. That is a video of him blunking, uh, blocking, excuse me, blocking a punt against Iowa State. Uh, it was not only, uh, it was not the only punt he blocked that game. He had two of them. So if you want to look at another place he can help the team, there's one right there. Special teams. I'm sure Bisaccia will love this guy. He just, I, I he has, I, I think he brings exactly what the Packers need on the defensive side and on special teams. Uh, Andy Herman, who's great, put this out there. And I, I wanted to note this before I get back to the phones. Lucas Van Ness had a, had a 9.39 raw athletic score at edge but also has a better raw athletic score at certain positions than the names I'm about to read. Meaning his athletic profile fits better or is more impressive at not only edge, but at wide receiver more so than Jordan Addison, who people wanted. He ran a faster 10 yard split, faster three cone than Addison at 272 pounds and six, five. He has a better raw athletic score at tight end than Michael Mayer, a guy the Packers, many want the Packers to take, at offensive tackle than Anton Harrison, who was selected in the first round, and at safety than than Brian Branch. Like, this dude's an athletic freak, and, and when you are that and you're young and you're blossoming, it's, that's when you really look at a, a massive impact down the road. It's not a guy that maybe hit his ceiling in college. Like, it's someone that is still learning and Hopefully, Blossoms takes the Rashawn Gary path in Green Bay. 877-867-1670. Reacting uh, to the draft last night. Let's go to Wes, listening to us in Appleton. Wes, what's up? Hey, uh, just kind of getting back with uh, everything you're talking about yesterday and today. Um, you know, I'm not mad about the pick with Van Ness. I think he's got a lot of skill, and he can really help out our defense that struggles to get a rush on the quarterback. So I think that's that's pretty decent there. Um, but today, oh, I that, thought you were going to come in with a but. You said he, you like the oh, pick, no, no, no. but. No, but. No, but. No, but. Well, I mean, time will tell. Time right. will tell. So, um, but then going off of today, one of the guys that I really like would be Darnell Washington, just because I think he solves a couple issues with us. Obviously, tight end, pass catcher, but he's a hell of a blocker. Hmm. So whether he's a runner or uh, blocking for the run game, uh, or if they're holding him in on a passing play to help protect, I think he's going to be a stud. Um, and again, time will tell for that. Plus, there's a handful of wide receivers left, and you don't want to, I guess, 
go all in on somebody you're not comfortable with, you know? Right. And, and I mean, what's the difference between the wide receivers today and the wide receivers that went last night? Like, is Jordan yeah. Addison that much better than them? I don't know the answer to it, but if he was, he wouldn't have been taken at 22. Correct. Well, and then there's another thing. So I like to kind of plan ahead or look ahead too, right? So Rodgers' first season as a starter, he was 6-10. and 10. That team wasn't a bad team. I mean, if you remember some of the guys we had, we had, you know, Jordy, James Jones, Jennings, the defense, we still had Clay Matthews, A.J. Hawk, Chuck Woodson. I mean, a lot of good players on those teams. So we still went 6-10. and 10. If we do something similar this year with uh, Jordan Love, you know, maybe – six to eight wins, something like that, will still fall, I don't know, maybe top 10, top 15 pick, plus Rodgers plays at 65%. We get another first-round pick. So, I mean, depending on where we're at, you can always couple those and see if you can move up and draft uh, maybe the best wide receiver in college football next year, Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, man. That would I. We talk about Jackson Smith and Jake, but maybe being better than Olave and Wilson, or how good he is. Uh, as someone who has no life and watches too much college football, I I've never seen a wide receiver as good as Marvin Harrison. Absolutely, it's remarkable. Well, and uh, Caleb Williams will go one. Drake May will go two. That's a top five guy. And you know what? Yeah. Maybe the Jets. Maybe Rogers plays, but the Jets stink. Maybe the Jets yeah. hand you a top 10 pick. Uh, I appreciate the phone call. I have to run here. Thank you. 877-867-1670. Uh, yeah, they're set up well. They're set up well. They have to hit on these picks. But uh, even if they have seven, eight wins under love, if they see enough from him and the the losses come from other factors, <clears throat> defensive coordinator, then I think you feel fine going forward. Uh, you obviously want to see Van Ness make a an impact in his rookie year. But I think I, Brian Gudikins has all of the ammunition he needs here to rebuild this roster or reload it and open up a new championship window. And if last night's pick works out and Van Ness hits his ceiling and they get weapons tonight in the second and third round, I think that's a great start towards accomplishing that. 877-867-1670. We'll step away. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Reacting to last night, first round of the NFL draft, second and third round getting underway uh, later tonight. We'll preview that later on, hitting the top of the hour here in a second. I want to reset. Taking your reaction to the Packers selection of Lucas Van Ness. Uh, Twitter question up at Benzie Kenny. Are you happy with Van Ness uh, or angry that Green Bay passed on Jackson Smith and Jigba? So far, the tallies are pretty close. Uh, and, and I've outlined it. I think many of the criticisms of the Van Ness pick I disagree with. If you think he's a bad player, you think he's a bad player. And, and, and so be it. Like, that's the nature of the draft. But the thought that the Packers needed to take a, quote, first-round wide receiver... If, if Jackson Smith and Jig was all that, then he's, again, he's all that. And I am not a GM. I can't tell you if he's going to be incredible. But is, is Smith and Jigba a first-round receiver because he's that good? Or because the receiver class stinks and someone took him in the first round? Like, if Ryan Gudekinst valued Van Ness that much over JSN, if he did, 
There could be a reason for that. I don't think it's as simple as just the position. We'll return to the conversation when we come back. Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. <laughs> 